me. Yeah, thanks. So I'm here in Tampere, Finland, in the Metosin Tampere office. It's really quiet in here. All right. It looks like you're on a veranda or something. Looks like with the curtains behind you, you're on. Yeah, a this is the yeah, this is the like uh, meeting room. I can show you around. So we just ah, okay. ah this is nice, <laughs> yeah, very nice. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. We should we should describe this for the people who are listening. It's a no, very no, no, nice no. room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're not watching on YouTube, they don't get all the, the goodies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, let's get started. Um, so, uh, Tommy, can you can you give us some introduction about uh, what you do and uh, your company and uh, closure and Finland and everything? Yeah. So I'll start talking and like end in one hour. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's a perfect guest. Yeah, that's good. Right, sit back. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, I'm a co-founder in this company called Metosin, and it's been around for like seven years, I think. But personally, I I think I started programming in uh, in the 80s. My father bought this uh, Sinclair Spectrum home computer, and I was doing basically that in the like 83 or something, and I had no idea what to do. But I remember that, that uh, there was this one friend I really loved, and it was the go-to. And like uh, oh. with a go-to loop, I could make these adventure games that like uh, if you move to the left, you go to plus 10. And if you go southward, it's go to plus 100. And there's somewhere this one place which has go to like 2000, which is the end. So, <laughs> but but I started programming <laughs> then and, and like I uh, did some, I had uh, Atari Aste after that, another home computer, but uh uh, basically, uh, in the university, in Tampere University, I think it was 94, there was like real like uh, uh, teaching of the programming. And the first course was actually Lisp. It was Scheme. Oh. So programming one, and, and it was the last time they had that. So like, but it was like this uh, mind opener. So before that, I did like Pascal and, and some C and C++, but then there's the, just like uh, this beautiful language and like uh, first I did all these like uh, global variables and tried to do this game, but the instructor said, that, no, you cannot have any of that. So you have to do purely functional way this application. And it took a lot of time to, for my mind to like go into this position that I could make this. But afterwards it was like really enlightening experience that I just like had this one function which says that print out who is the winner. There was, of course, like uh, side effects all around, but like just print out who is the winner and then there's the hmm. next level and like, so that's how it started. But uh, the next time I did like anything related to Lisp, it was 2012, uh, uh, 11, maybe when we were starting Metosin. But uh, in between, um, I was doing uh, maybe 10 years of Java professionally. I was working in this like local uh, telecom operator. So we started to do these uh, Perl scripts and maintaining st servers and then went to this uh, Java side. And actually, I think it, it was 1997 that I first, there was this uh, Netscape Livewire technology. Mm -hmm. Have you used that? Heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. It was like server. No, at least I heard about it. Yeah. yeah it was like server side JavaScript. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it was horrible. So, uh, my first, like, uh, I was uh, starting to write my thesis about how to migrate from that into Java. <laughs> and, and, like, uh, those were the Java days. 
So there were no like uh, servlet specs or JSP specs. We just like uh, did the like raw servers and some, some Corba stuff. But like uh, 10 years in the like uh, large enterprise doing all these enterprise projects and 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 at some point just we realized that uh, this is not the thing we want to do. So uh, me and Mikko and Jarpe, the other two co-founders, we decided that let's like uh, start our own consultancy. So we knew that we were like really good in our opinion, of course, like uh, programming and, and like, uh, let's do something by ourselves. And, and Jarpe said that, okay, he, he had been doing closure for some time. And he said that we will be the first like closure shop in Finland. And, and in those days I was doing mainly Scala and I was like horrified. So no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> so closure, are you really sure? But he convinced me that this is the way to do. And we were like uh, uh, doing these small exercises. And then he took me to the first, um, uh, Euro closure that was in London, and yeah. it was that was like uh, the. Then I like realized. Then there was this like uh, thing that I remember that that beautiful lisp in the like uh, university, and now like people are talking about that, and they were really like brilliant people. And I remember there was uh, Rich Hickey was there, I think, and and some Aaron was there. So I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 he was there. Yeah, like this, like really, like uh, I think he was talking about core async at that time, you know, like the apple pie stuff and all that. Uh, I'm not sure, but like, uh, yeah. it, it was my like first like real closure thing. So I didn't understand half of the thing, but people were so excited. So I, I, I it just caught up. And, mm. and when we got, came back to Finland, like uh, I said, we are pet, that our next project will be closure. So I want to, I want to do more, more of this end. But why, why was your, uh, why was there a hesitation or your surprise or, or from where you were doing Scala. Yeah. And then when somebody said, let's go to closure. So what was the reason you were like uh, horrified? Uh, it's like uh, when you have like, been building the Java way, like object oriented stuff. And then uh, suddenly like you found Scala, I think it was 2009 or something. And like, it's like mm. the be better Java. So you can do uh, the old way, but you can start to take these functional aspects over there. And it's like a much prettier language in that sense. And it's like a familiar and in a the big organization. Yeah. In big organization, like, uh, you have like hundreds of developers and suddenly if you take closure and nobody knows that that's like a big thing. But if you just decide that let's start doing Scala, it's like familiar and like all the maintenance aspects. It's not that big yeah. a leap. And closure was just like, okay, this is totally different. But I remember that from the <laughs> university. So at Yarpe, So the cross-selling was easier. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so th then then you started with closure with uh, Mikko? And uh, Yeah, so it was like Mikko and Yarpe, the three co okay. founders in Metosin. So like uh, first project we did was something uh, it was Java project, just like to get started. But uh, yeah. as soon, uh, right after the uh, first Euro closure, there was this opportunity that a uh, big project was about to start. And we were like me and Jarpe, uh, we were asked to like join. So because we have been uh, making noise about like, I was do making noise of Scala basically. And he was like talking about closure. <laughs> and like, uh, we met this one business guy and he said that, okay, you are talking so much. So can, can you show how it works? And it was a nice start because um, he said that like, uh, uh, do whatever. So uh, do this prototype of this problem. So here, what what we, we are trying to do, and and uh, two weeks time, and I did this like Scala exercise, 
and the Arpe did the Closure one, and their uh, architect did the Java version. And after two weeks, we compared, so where are we? And Yarpe was like uh, blowing us away. So I had this um, small, um, I think it was Akadays, some kind of Aka application. It was yeah, re- yeah, re- yeah. really complex yeah. and like, lots of things. And like Yarpe has a state is fold over events and so in these reducers. And I was like, wow, this is the thing. And this, <laughs> uh, the Java version was like a huge template of Spring with all these configurations. It was a huge thing and it didn't work. And like <laughs> okay, that that just that, that was like <laughs> yeah. even if you have super configuration, oh. if it doesn't work, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah. But so that started as a, as a closure, and and I think um, uh, it was just before summer vacations, and 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 all, the whole team we decided that okay, this will be a closure project, and we will start after the summer vacation. So these are the books. Read the books. Try something out, and like uh, just like uh, the. A team of five. Actually, we did it. Uh, I talked about about this in the first uh, closure tray in 2012, and um, I did, we did the surveys in the first project. So that uh, when it started, so how would you solve this kind of problem? And there was this one guy who said Scala. It was me and everybody else that like uh, Java. Even Yarpe, he said that okay, the team knows Java. Java is a, like a good option. After three months, it was like, how would we do this again? And everybody said that it's closure. And we realized, okay, there's something happening. There's these Java developers, they are really excited, and we are really excited, and Yarpeva has been excited for so long already. So just mm-hmm. like uh, within each three months, we like did a new survey. So how do you think, how do you feel? And like uh, posted that on the internet somewhere. So it was like, uh, everybody was happy. And, and like, uh, we wanted to have the first conference in, in, in Finland, because of this and started to make noise uh, that we knew that like uh, we love closure, but uh, if no one knows about that, we are not going to make make it happen. So the company of three will not get any gigs with closure unless everybody knows what it's all about. And since yeah. that like lots of noise. Yep. I was going to ask you a quick question there, going back to your original like challenge from, you said it was a business person that, that asked you to do something, some kind of proof of concept. And you often hear from people these kind of, uh, well, yeah, the business doesn't care what you write it in. They don't care. As long as it does what it's meant to do, the business don't care what it's written in. I really think that's bullshit, but but I'm interested in your experience because it was driven by the business person in your story. So did they care or, or you know, could they perceive a, a value? Uh, I think like uh, in Finland, um in those days, something big happened. So uh, all the Finnish like uh, governmental projects. So there was this uh, architecture decision that like you can uh, host your uh, solutions in the cloud, and they don't have to be by these two big vendors in these like locked chambers. And and that was one of the projects. So the uh, customer was like uh, one uh, ministry in in Finland, and they just mm-hmm. like said that okay, this is a big pro- project, and and we need this kind of thing to happen, and you will maintain it, and you will make sure that the timetable will be met, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And the, it was first sold as like a pure Java project, and we we were given this like list of twelve architecture principles, and we looked at no, there's all all the things that are like uh, buzzwordy in Java, so like. Maybe yeah. not, and, and that we went to the project because uh, we were given the choice that if you can make something else happen, so like uh, you can go forward with that. And and in the end, we did this new presentation about I think there are six principles, 
Like the architecture was a bit different, the tools were different, the language was different, and we just said it runs on the JVM and, and like uh, uh, it was a JavaScript frontend in those days. There were, wasn't mm. closure script, so it was like uh, the architects uh, uh, like uh, made the ba- backend so much smaller. We said that it doesn't matter. There's so much, so many components, so it's just one part of the puzzle. So what is mm. the language of the backend? But after that, we got this like approval that uh, Clojure is a valid language for doing like these government uh, projects. And it was like uh, printed in the government wiki. And, and then it was wow. like, everybody can do that. And, <laughs> and actually, uh, I'm not sure. I heard later that there was some approval process of making these new languages in, but we didn't know about it. And we just like put it there. And <laughs> but, but Scala was there already. We said that it's, it's so similar. So like... Let's approve yeah. that, and they approve that. Yeah. yeah, but I think with the big bureaucratic uh, organizations, I'm not sure how it is in Finland, though. I mean, usually in, in the bigger organizations, they they do have this approved list of tools and languages mm. and architecture and all that stuff. And and I'm I'm actually you know uh, surprised it it was so quick. I mean, you took like a couple of weeks, and then you were able to uh, show them. You know, uh, closure is a viable alternative to Scala, for example. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. But it was like, uh, because in the end, the requirements were like, uh, these kind of things have to be available and the technology doesn't matter. So the end customer, they don't care about what is the tech. And because the like who is uh, building the thing, they have to maintain it themselves. So it's not like handed over to anybody. But um, mm. and one other thing about the Finnish like government thing is, is like uh, most of the code is open source. And, mm-hmm. and if you go to like uh, GitHub and like check all the ministries and there's like uh, these repositories. So there's like lots of Scala, there's lots of Clojure, lots of Java, some like uh, oh. uh, Node.js backends. And at some point uh, there were like uh, more Clojure like repositories than the way like uh, any of the other individually. So it's like, it just like got big. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, nice. When you're given an option that like uh, there's this one thing that you will be building for two years and you can choose the tools and people know that you can take something else than the Java, which was the norm before that. So they're like uh, good people, brilliant people, like going and doing those projects and they were successful. And hmm. So the, um, what is the community like before, before closure? I mean, is it uh, primarily Java projects everywhere and how did... Because now I think, um, you know, Finland is like prime example of closure country. I think there are so many mm. uh, closure developers from Finland. Um, so how, how did that, not, not transition, but how did the community or the people working in Java uh, switch to closure or how is it growing or how did it start? Um. I, I talked with Mika some time ago and we were trying to figure out, so what what happened there and and one thing was that uh, Helsinki University had this like online course about closure yes. and it was yeah. in the same time as like uh, we had the first closure conference and and we started to talking about these like successful projects with that and suddenly like the young people were like uh, taking the course and like wow this is really cool but can you really use that and then the big consultancy mm. companies say that ah we are doing these governmental projects and like uh, we can use closure and suddenly there's like a like uh, new people who want to do that and then there's like uh, approval you can do that and suddenly like many big companies do that started doing that and uh, for example now in closure Tray, all the like uh, major consultancy companies are sponsoring and they're hiring 
closure developer. Yeah. So it's like uh, we don't have to talk about it anymore. So it's still a niche. There are maybe mm-hmm. like a hundred times more Java developers, but still it's approved everywhere. So wherever you go, if you want to do closure, you just like apply for a closure job. There are lots of jobs and lots mm-hmm. of like demand at the moment. Nice. Yeah. So the uh, you grew into what is the size of your company now? How many people are doing closure at Metasyn right now? Uh, I think it's around twenty people at the moment. So it's uh, wow. in Tampere and in Helsinki. We had we had two sites at the moment, and uh, uh, at the moment, I think like everybody is doing closure, but it depends. So like uh, hmm. uh, we do like uh, want to do interesting projects, and and sometimes uh, there's like really uh, good opportunity, but then the technology is set. And, and like, yeah. uh, for example, I just checked that uh, every second project I've been doing is non-closure just because of no. so there have been this like uh, either some like a good person I knew I want to work with him for the next one hour, one year or then just some some interesting problem. And like uh, if it's Scala, then it's Scala. I've been done doing that for many years and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's the time when I'm doing those open source things, because when you are doing Scala on the day work, you want to do something like uh, <laughs> refreshing it afterwards and you <laughs> develop some libraries or do something into so, stuff. A palette cleans so us. <laughs> so the technique to, you know, put really quality closure open source projects is to get a Scala day job. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Isn't that what you did, VJ? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think that's what I did. And and. I was doing uh, the, most of the time uh, Scala as well, Navitaka Scala. Um, but also, I think uh, slowly I transitioned into big data related things, and then their closure is not really that mm. that popular. And on the machine learning side, there is Python, and um, on data side, it's basically Spark or Flink. You know, yeah. those things are much more Scala friendly than than closure uh, compared to closure. So I started doing in the night closure, and then yeah, they, they, now now I'm doing pretty much. Uh, I think forty percent of the time closure. So mm. anyway, nice. so um, so what, what was the? Is it still challenging? Because with, as as Ray was uh, uh, pointing out before we started uh, the the show, uh, the challenge behind hiring closure people. What is the demand and supply like, and and wh- how do you bring them up to speed, or or do you do you capture Java developers? What what is your target? So as a like company, uh, we haven't been actively recruiting like people, but like uh, people mm-hmm. uh, want to join us, and that's totally like excellent. But yeah. like uh, we try to help our customers also because, um, for example, now in I'm in the project and and uh, it's like one and a half years approximately. We will uh, finish that probably before summer vacation, and the idea is that like uh, we started to do that, but. Uh, Soon their developers uh, came along and now we are like uh, doing knowledge transfer and training for them. And like uh, that's the dif- different side. So like um, uh, ex-Java developers and just like uh, showing them how we haven't been doing that and, and like uh, uh, bi-weekly small trainings and, and like uh, we have given lots of like uh, courses to different companies in, in Finland, but like just... Uh, but mm. it seems to be that uh, it doesn't take long for a Java developer to catch up. It's like maybe a mo- few months and then they're like re- productive, really productive. And like uh, maybe two weeks or something that you can start doing some real work. So I don't see mm. that it's not hard. 
And w- one thing yeah. I noticed that there was, uh, I remember in one project, there was a guy who, who never had done Java before. He had done all these like uh, different th- kind of things, but like uh, not Java. And he asked, is it a problem? He said, no, it's not a problem. And he picked up closure really fast. So because he didn't know the like uh, object oriented that much. So it was just like natural to just pick a new tool. Yeah. yeah. But isn't isn't the 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 platform is a bit of JVM is like uh, our closure has some this leaky abstraction because you you're thrown into JVM pretty quickly, uh, so it, don't you think that that's a uh, it's a bit of difficult for non JVM people to pick up closure or maybe you have an you know this guy who's picking up pretty easily so maybe that's not the case anymore. Yeah, but. Uh- I think the same for ClojureScript, but uh, not all ClojureScript developers are really good at JavaScript. So uh, mm-hmm. if you know JavaScript, if you want to be really good at anything, you have to know the like host languages. It's for same for JVM and the JavaScript side. But if you don't know that re- that much and you are part of the team, there's usually someone who knows the like dirty details, how some uh, JVM threading model works and, mm. and what are the uh, yeah. libraries or how, how something like should be configured. So not everybody has to know that, but of course, like, uh, if you have done like, uh, Java and JavaScript and you start doing closure, you know, like the host languages and you are like, it's much easier. I think sometimes though, with, with JavaScript, especially there are certain aspects of JavaScript that are kind of a headache, um, even for JavaScript developers, like the prototype inheritance is a bit weird. And also like the whole this and some of the equals and some of the things which are around the kind of like the the way the language hangs together is a bit, you know, let's say if very, you know, depending on who, which JavaScript developer you talk to, they, they have different kind of idioms around how they use JavaScript, especially with the evolution of a language from quite rapidly in the last couple of years, you know, with like ES4, ES5, ES6, mm. a lot of changes in the language that people, a lot of people haven't caught up with. Um, whereas if, you, if you're using ClojureScript, you're kind of like, you don't care about that, you know? Mm. You're already advanced beyond where they're going to be anyway. They're, That's true. I don't think they're really, apart from, the only thing that I find, that I find a bit weird is the way that promises interact with... Uh, with closure script, that's a bit unusual. Mm. I mean, I'm you know I'm trying to think of where where things are, like you say, VJ, where the host languages kind of like get in the way a little bit, or where they bleed yeah. in. You know, with the JVM, it's not so bad because the only thing really the JVM to me is like the stack traces, and of course you have to use the libraries, but but then yeah. you're not using the language. Then you're just mm. you know. Yeah, that's true. I think mostly it's the um, uh, yeah. I mean, the stack traces obviously. Then then you you see some that that is still kind of okay because you can say okay, this is like this is the way closures way of showing errors, you know. So we, we can we can work around it. But I think we, um, as uh, Tommy was pointing out, you know, understanding the threading model and all that stuff yeah. and what kind of libraries are available. Especially you're doing Java interop and library is not available for you. Now you're doing JDBC for example. You know, that's that's a direct uh, link to Java. Uh, the other thing, so that, the other thing maybe we can just hit on is that the thing that really probably I feel the most still is this notion of statefulness, you know, because I, I, I was using this this last week, I was doing something with Twilio and they have a Java SDK. And when you start using it, you have to call this init Twilio thing, Twilio init. And it's like, what the fuck is yeah, that, yeah. you know? 
And it's, it's obviously doing some side-effecting bullshit to set up some global state, you know? And that feels very weird. And the same on JavaScript, you have these, like, stateful components, like Google Maps and these other things, which are having all these weird side effects that you can't control. Those are things which I think are, like, they're definitely a pain point between the two languages. Yeah. I was just, like, a few weeks ago, I was... Uh trying to one of our uh, libraries the rated and and I wanted to port the like uh, ho- like the uh, thing which needed more the most of performance into Java and uh, I had forgotten how to do that because there was this like uh, data structure and it was mutable and it was like leaking and I was like wow how did I manage this so because you, have, <laughs> you get used to this immutability and it just yeah, works yeah, yeah. and suddenly you yeah. have these hash maps and like uh, okay can, when I if I put something there like it's there and like uh, when I return like the original instance it, it's still there because I have mutated that. And it took me some yeah, time yeah. to like figure out. So like, and I was thinking, how did I manage this? It was like <laughs> big systems with these mutable things, and they just yeah. worked. And you have, have have this like mindset of like how to build that enclosure. It's like really simple, just pass things and it's data. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. I think one of the uh, I remember some time ago, long time ago, um, when I was working in a Java project. You know, one of the the team decided that okay, we should follow the uh what is that uh, better java or something that like everything is final and then mm. you basically refactor all the code to use final classes everywhere and final in the arguments and all that shit mm. and i think that that's the first thing you do when you get somebody else's java code and then you start putting finals everywhere first of all and then see figure out okay now how can i handle this this shit now i i think most of the time later because you depend on the frameworks and then frameworks are trying to abstract away some of the stuff for you mm. Um, but still with uh, lots of configuration, lots of crap with Spring and Hibernate and all the all the junk that you need to handle. There are so many layers. It was fun, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I think I need to ask uh, the, the question of, uh, of the hour, or, you know, so Emacs <laughs> or some other shit? Some other shit. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> so is, is, it, is it 20 times some other shit <laughs> in medicine? <laughs> So uh, I'm using c- cursive with IntelliJ, so uh, it's really good because I, I want the Java interop and it, it just works. So yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I was an Emacs user for like maybe 10 years when I started and that was the thing. But at some point that like Java IDs came and they had these like much better features for refactoring and it was Eclipse and then yeah. IDEA and just like I'm still there. I'm tr- I try. I try. I try to go back to Space Max with my colleagues. So show me how it works. And no, I don't want to go there again. It's like uh, <laughs> I, I could go. Yeah, I could go there. But there's a, this hurdle. I I'm not going. To, I don't have time for that. Too many like. So strange. so there is enough. Uh, <laughs> there is enough population at Metasync that uses CMax. Then um, I think half of the people use CMax. One. Uh, oh wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's not bad. And like you ten... uses Vim, of course. Yeah. More beer. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the wizards just bought me a beer. Yeah. <laughs> but tooling was I can I can totally understand because um, I, I was uh, using Eclipse a lot uh, before IntelliJ. I think it was five or something IntelliJ or whatever. Mm. And then in two thousand eight two thousand nine I switched to IntelliJ and then doing some Scala as well. And for Scala and Java there is no other way. I mean it's it's. Yeah. It's it's so easy to navigate because the 
code is so fucking complicated. You need an ID <laughs> for it. Yeah, you know? that's like, true. That it's true. it's impossible. You know, mm. you, every time you need to bring up some sort of class diagram to see, okay, where the fuck is this being used? You know, like all, all the all the dependencies. So that that's pain in the ass. I think the big thing okay. to me with cursive, and it's something which Colin has done a great job of, is the debugger. You know, because okay, when you need a debugger, he's you've got a great one there. You know, mm. you don't need it as much okay. with Clojure as you do with other with other languages, but having a really really good debugger is is just sweet. So very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't I didn't feel the need to use uh, cursive yet. Uh, I only use Space Max most of the time, and um, I think these days I'm using IntelliJ for writing Rust because you know mm. static typing with with IDEs is is a bit nicer. I think. Uh, you get you just get all the fancy uh, stuff pretty quickly there, and also in um, in at least for the Rust uh, code because it's uh, the types are inference most of the time, and IntelliJ will actually show their types mm. without you typing them. Yeah. So that's that's super cool. And parameter names anyway. and stuff like that. Yeah. If you, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that that's uh, that's super useful. Mm. So um, coming to closure, or, or when you're talking about closure, so. You built a lot of libraries uh, for Clojure. A mm. uh, long time ago, uh, I think you were using Schema um, a lot as well, or you have Schema coercions in ah. um, in your routing library. Um, yeah, so uh, I think like when the Schema like uh, appeared, I, I cannot recall when was that, but it was like uh, it was really beautiful because it's like all data and it was suddenly like uh, the missing thing. So and I had this uh, Euroclosure talk about the schema course yes. in like uh, Krakow. I can't recall how five years ago yeah, or yeah. something, but like uh, yeah. it was the missing piece basically because we were like uh, I was coming from this huge large enterprise and we were helping customers to build similar apps. There's lots of data all around and like. You just don't want any kind of like functional validation of things. You want to declare this is my data and it looks like this, and like uh, all the like swagger things. So because all the other languages had those already, and that was actually reason for one of my Scala like projects because like uh, there wasn't any kind of tooling for closure. So everybody was happy like ah we have these data and functions and it's cool. But like uh, everybody else had Spring and and Scalatra and 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 Play and whatever, and they had all these like batteries. Yeah. So uh, just realized, so um, we went to the project, but uh, we couldn't use Clojure because it was a requirement. And during the project, I realized that we have to do the tooling because no one is doing that. The community is so small and started doing the Composure API. And I, I it's so yeah. many years ago. Yeah. 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 But so um, how, how was the transition from schema to spec? Do you spec a lot in your, in your code bases already? Um, I would say that we use, but I don't. I haven't used that because uh, okay. the project I'm currently in. So uh, when it started, uh, spec was quite of quite new, and um, there were two things that uh, the customer wanted. One is that, that like uh, when we leave, because idea was that we will uh, make the like initial architecture and, and uh, help them build and then do the knowledge transfer, and uh, there were no guarantees of spec. We started with spec, but suddenly like, okay, is it coming ever? It was like, well, after one year, it's who knows where it is deep in the hammock. It might never like yeah. finish, it was <laughs> alpha. So in, okay, we are like, uh, there's only one year left and like still no guarantee. So so we just like ported everything back to schema and it works. It's it's mm. good for this like project. It's much mature and, and, and for the maintenance thing, it's like funny that uh, 
some people say that schema is dead, but I think it's like finished. It's, it's like done. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if you check the like, uh, it's uh, the Plumatic schema repository. So uh, JSON is still active. He doesn't. I think he doesn't even use Closure at the moment. But whenever there's a bug, he like responds happily, like within hours. So sorry about the bug. I will fix that. And in few hours, it's fixed. So it's like mm-hmm. really well maintained, and it's like like nothing is missing basically from there. Yeah. But like spec, yes. uh, I hope that it will uh, be big. Um, and I think that now that uh, start of this year that Alex, like uh, there's this like visibility is what is happening there. And it's yeah. like Alex who is doing that. I think that's a really good news for spec. So it might finalize someday. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's taken two years at the moment. So, so but, but the spec tools we did... Um, it was uh, when the projects were starting and uh, it seems to be that there's lots of stuff missing from the spec. And I thought mm. they're just like um, Cognitec had, didn't have time to like figure this out. But later it seems that like uh, they are not in even the scope. And I've been like mm. uh, trying to make keep noise of that. So things like uh, coercion, for example, it's something that yeah. uh, we build web apps and like these uh, apps with like lots of data models. So if you are building an enterprise app, it might have like uh, five different domains and it is integrating them. And like uh, manually writing these like uh, coercion things, it's like, it, do- it doesn't scale, it doesn't work. So it have to be some yeah. kind of tooling and, and like spec tools is this, like what is missing from spec in uh, my opinion, we have just like added there and like some of them are bad and some of them are good, but it works. And, and there are lots of projects in Metosin which are using spec, but just like I'm a mm. spec newbie, basically, just doing the tools. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the I think the the thing about like saying it's dead, I think is obviously over over kind of pessimistic. I think what people are referring to is like probably the ecosystem isn't going to grow much more around it. Whereas the ecosystem on spec is still still a bit embryonic, but it looks like that's where the ecosystem's going to grow. So probably it's that kind of feeling that people have is not necessarily that the project is dead per se, but that they don't want to invest too much effort in making more and more tooling for it. Do you see what I mean? Because I mm. think that's what people are nervous about now. Yeah. I wouldn't say that that is dead, but just like I have met people who have said that are you still oh, using right, schema? Okay. So like that's the old thing, spec is the new thing. And I've asked like, do you really use that? Do you have the like thing you want to be there? But like, yeah, yeah. I think like a tool like Xbound is like really awesome for spec and just like uh, integrated that into like a rated library. So to do the like uh, nice validations, but it's like, uh, there are uh, so many people working with that, so I, I hope that they will be like good developer toolings for that. But this, um, it's not there uh, yet. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But but thing that uh, uh, what is missing from spec, I think it's like uh, it won't be in the core, but someone needs to do some kind of like uh, uh, fast linter or or checker because. Um, we have the information about the map, so what kind of keys they should have, and we have no like uh, we can validate that and say that okay, you passed in like uh, you didn't pa- you passed this value uh, as a, like different what was spec, but like you can have extra keys because specs are open. There's no like uh, typo correction, and they should be like yep. uh, em- like integrated into editors. So mm-hmm. so 
when you have a function and you say that what is the what data can I destructure from here? The idea should say that yeah. okay, it has a spec, it has these four like uh, keys, and you can work with them. And if you're trying to use keys which are not there, so it would complain that it might not be there. It could be, but like warning. And that, that there is really potential, but uh, I think it's the um, uh, it's not even out of alpha yet, right? So that means you know the the tools that that need to be built around that one. Uh, they they need some sort of a solid base, sure. or at least version yeah. one that yeah. that the tools can build upon. I think. I mean, in that in terms of analysis, they have this um, in their test suite. They have this instrument um, thing, and uh, yep. with instrument, you can you can see from the calls at runtime, you know, what things are being passed. So that seems like there's a good basis for for understanding, you know, what what data is being passed in to the functions and. The map That's runtime, like right? That. I mean, it, it, you, you. I think you, you can't use it during the uh, development, so to speak. If I'm if I'm typing a function and it, it doesn't tell me, hey, you're using a key, that's not in in the spec. You know that that kind of helper. Well, but I mean, but there, you can in, if you have a spec, you can you can read that, mm -hmm. you can read that, and you can see that from the spec itself. As soon as you yeah. say this thing conforms to the spec, well, it's quite easy for the tools mm -hmm. to to infer mm -hmm. what the keys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but, well, I'm trying to say it, it needs to be the, stabilized, right? The, the code exists for making it at runtime, and the specs themselves make it quite easy. At the editor, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. But but yeah. there isn't. But they, but it isn't well integrated into everything yet, because, like you say, people are nervous about the changes that are going to happen. So, you know, on the one hand, people are think like, "Fuck it, there's such a lot of value that I'm going to keep. I'm going to start using it because it's better than I've, anything I've got right now." You know. Mm. Um, Mm. But at the same time, it's not finished. So yeah, mm. the, the the tools aren't really there. I mean, you know, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. but I think that like spec two, which is like now uh, in the making. So I've checked yeah. the repo. It, it looks, and I I think the transparency that Alex has been providing with his blog and everything. So it, it's like much better. But I'm still not sure if there's any way to uh, like um, influence what the spec will do in the end. Because these things, yeah. I have this one uh, patch in the uh, like uh, closure year, and it's been there mm -hmm. for maybe two years, and it has this first notion that uh, maybe we are not taking this, and Rich has to asset that. I'm totally okay that it might be a bad patch, but like no one has, like Rich hasn't checked that. So and yeah. now, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like it seems to be that there's this reason. That it will be looking like, and 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 just like I'm hoping that there will be enough like extension points for like uh, tools like spec tools that we can do mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. outside of that. The first yeah. version of spec was was closed. There was one place to extend, and 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 when I tried to do that, it was like you are doing it wrong. So that's not the place to extend anything. So don't try to extend the specs. Mm -hmm. It might yeah. change, and like let's see what happens. I hope so, because I mean, it seems like with um, with one point ten, with error messages and stuff like that, they they kind of got they at their own dog food a little bit in terms of like saying it needs to be available programmatically as data, and it needs to be kind of available with functions like this x info and x cause and x triage things that can convert the data, and I know and Alex and Stu have all said. That you know they want it to be accessed programmatically. So I think mm. the That's the good. willingness is there, and the design goals are there. So I mean, I I hope you're I hope you're right. You know that they will they will do they will follow up on that in the code. 
And Alex is doing a great job of transparency. I think you're absolutely right there. Thanks, Alex. Uh, yeah, thank you, Alex. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really good. If you are listening, <laughs> thank you, Alex, for for all the um, inside closure blog, obviously. But I'm I'm just wondering because in, over the period, I think it's almost like um, seven to to eight years that uh, you're you're fully in, into closure mm. uh, with medicine. Um, because th this this is this has been a topic a bit um, in the, in the other with the other guests as well. Like you know, how do you see the uh, because you made a significant investment in in closure now. And, and you're also pitching it to to your clients. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you see the community? How do you see the stewardship um, around the language? Um, apart from the Jira issues that that we talked about. Um, so what is your opinion on that one? That's a really good question. And like uh, uh, there's been so much discussion about this in all the possible medias. And like uh, yeah. <laughs> I've just read them. I don't want to like be part of that. There's like uh, uh, the both ends. Uh, it seems to be that like uh, there are two like really uh, the ends are so far away and there's like uh, people get like uh, like uh, fears really really fast but uh, I appreciate the language in the sense that like uh, it's still the best language like I, I've used like ever so uh, of all the languages so I love the language I would hope that it would be more community driven because there's like so many like brilliant people in the community who would like to like make things better. And now it seems to be that it's uh, like uh, Cognitech is making the shots, how it evolves. And it's good thing in the stability side. But then again, like mm -hmm. uh, if the community is not listened so and given space to do things like uh, that's not good either. So, yeah, but it's stable and then error messages are much better and, and like i think the error message uh, nailed that so that in 110 uh the thing that the core does is just it seems to um extract the data so what is happening what where it when it happened and mm. what happened and then it doesn't format the errors as nicely as, as like other languages but that the formatter yeah. should be i think community driven there should be this nice mm. formatter just like uh, you can plug it in and it will do mm. the things because uh, it will have totally different time like span than the like uh, core development. So you can like daily yeah. put new like formatting rules there mm. to get these nice formats. Mm. And actually, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah, just yeah. just like there's this uh, closure commons uh, Slack channel. Yeah. 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 CLJ commons. Yeah. And we were discussing there. Uh, with Ben about like uh, uh, because he he did the expound and which is really awesome tool so like uh, could that formatting be used somehow with uh, like core errors and uh, I just like uh, today actually released the rated version which has the like it has uh, the expound formatter and it has this fit based formatter and they're like uh, uh, because all the like uh, interesting errors happen in that library it's a routing library in the like router creation time so just like mm. having this one place which catches all the exceptions and like reformats them if you you can say that use this formatter reformats those and and they look like really nice mm. and now that like um, um elm has nice errors uh eta has nice errors many languages have really yeah. nice errors and and i think there's nothing stopping just someone needs to be doing this and i was trying to poke ben that <laughs> you did expound maybe you should do this too but i'm happy like what we did was just an like uh, experiment so can we do like mm. nice mm. error messages you should check them out uh, 
today's release, but like uh, happy to like contribute to any kind of commons mm-hmm. thing. Maybe maybe you should you should set this one a bit. You know, uh, explain a bit what right it is and and you know oh, uh, sure. where does it fit in in the closure stack. Oh sure. So like um, uh, so we did a routing library. How interesting is that? <laughs> so we had only like we had only like twenty of those already. So it's just hello world. Like, hello world. Exactly. So let's make ten of everything. So um, yeah. I think we've used. All the routing libraries in Closure, I think, at least because there have been so many, and like uh, every every one has been somehow opinion, opinionated, and like uh, Composure API was just like uh, it is old nowadays, and like uh, started because Composure was like uh, good those days, and started to build on top of that. But it's macros basically, and like mm-hmm. uh, I think that like mm-hmm. da- data driven way of designing closure libraries that's the way to do it and there were a few examples but like somehow um there was something missing from those and like uh just wanted to see that could we make something like beautiful out of this and so we did uh did this uh, small spike about this uh Reddit. it's a routing library it's like a stack of it's a library for creating routing frameworks basically mm. so in the core mm. it's just like uh, for example bd so uh, yeah. there's this um, small uh, protocol which allows you to like uh, you can create routers and after that you can match by path or match by name, and then because it's data you can extract the original routes and options and whatever, and that's the small thing and like uh, within that layer the rated core there are like uh, several different implementations for the router. So the one goal we had in this library is the performance. Because um, most of the closure libraries which were existing, they said that in the README, so we are not trying to do fast. We just want to make this like uh, good routing, which seems which has this nice API. And if you use regeps, you are already like you have lost the performance. So like uh, and being in the like Java side and in the Scala, we have like I had been doing some like perf stuff or uh, earlier so i i thought that okay we can probably make this really fast and like it was interesting to uh, check all the tries how, or, is it three or try uh, how do you pr- try try i think yeah. yeah tri yeah yeah exactly i don't know don't ask me i'm not the native guy i mean we have a british <laughs> yeah. yeah we have I a queen's uh, english either. dude I mean, you know, I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a made up word that it wasn't environment in the 17th yeah. century when probably I three english, i don't know so you know yeah. <laughs> anyway, you you need the three kind of thingy, which is like a, a data structure for fast lookups. Yeah. So like uh, uh, checking those and like uh, all the good uh, optimizations. So if you have a, like a routing table with only static routes, you can do a hash lookup and it still like always works. If you have wildcard parameters, you use this try and optimize it in many ways. There are tens of ways to optimize that. And if you have conf- conflicting routes, you have to have these partial linear routers and stuff. But in the core, it's like uh, try to be a, a really fast router. But in top of that, there's these uh, uh, routing frameworks. One is for ring, one is for uh, pedestal, one is for front end, yeah. and one is for like uh, the like async HTTP or like the SIEPARI uh, interceptor model. And it's just like mm-hmm. uh, just uh, using the core and using its cores uh, like. Uh, extension hooks to make these like uh, higher level like routers and with that with there there's nice properties like the uh, how the data uh, gets accumulated 
There's this lovely library called MetaMerge. So you can say that like uh, you can have flat routes or you can have this uh, tree of routes and say that every route under API has this interceptor and they just accumulate to the leaves. So and once you have the router created, it's like really fast and performant and like uh, optimized for all use cases. And for example, that's the one place we have the error message printer. So there's the clear separation of like uh, when you do things, you create things and then we don't have to be fast. We have to be like correct. And then if you fail, you get these nice developer-friendly errors. And in runtime, there's as little as thing to, uh, you do as little as possible. And there's these uh, like uh, extensions like compiling interceptors and middleware. So you can like change your workload from request processing time to this creation time. And like mm. uh, it's just, uh, it works. And, and now it's uh, today. Uh, Dimitri just uh, tweeted about that, that Luminous like uh, swapped the Composure API to rate it, and that's that's really nice. nice. So it was an option already already there, but it, with the defaults it would go to Composure API. So now it's rated and it's like uh, I think much easier. And because it's data, you don't have to have these like uh, any kind of macros or dependencies. That's like write the right data as a routes, and it it just works. But so this is also can be used in uh, this library is also going to help with uh, routing on the front end side on javascript yeah. sorry on closure script yeah so okay so there's this one module uh, uh, rated so it's a, like a big um, mono, mono repo there's like uh, maybe 10 modules the core okay. then there's the schema coercion spec coercion um, there's the front end uh, pedestal uh, development tools, and and you can just like take the core routing, and it's really small, few few kilos. But uh, mm. one module is the uh, front end router, and it's basically Yuho has been doing that, so he could talk about more more what he's doing. But like uh, uh, we used uh, Silk and BD in the front mm. end. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, and now like uh, yeah. yeah, accountant, yeah. And, and secretary maybe. or accountant? I don't know. Sorry, hmm? it was called secretary or something. Or I think there's secretary and accountant, and there's a whole bunch of these. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tasks, you know. <laughs> the lisp curse. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but in front end, like uh, it, it has this. Uh, it has a history router. It has the like fragment router. It has the like uh, yeah. Kisma style, style controllers that we have been using in all the projects. It's like really good. And like uh, it just works, and and because you can use the same stuff in the back end and the front, and you can have shared routes, and like there's uh, all these things. Like uh, you can uh, use literal data, you can like reference uh, all the interceptors as keywords, and like it, it can be extended in in many ways. But like it's it's anyway like routing library full stack routing, so front end, back end, and okay. it's not tied to HTTP in any way. So you can have this like message. Q routing, whatever. So yeah. does it work with like, um, so it works with Aleph and Ring and uh, these yeah. other HTTP kit and those kind of things, or is it uh, specific to your um, no, no. HTTP server? No, it's not. It's just like uh, generic. So, so right. like, uh, I think there's examples with Immutant and Aleph at the moment right. and Jetty, mm -hmm. I think, but it, it doesn't like... Uh, it doesn't ma matter what is what is the like server. If you use oh. ALF, like then then you have to use this in ALF this one 
a bridge component mm. which you have to use that so the deferred flow nicely mm -hmm. through that. Yeah, so what it, is what is your um, choice stack at Metosyn uh, in terms of uh, libraries? Because you've been doing this for, I mean, there are, there are uh, a lot of projects running in Clojure, so um, front end um, on, on, the, on the server side, which which libraries are you kind of, did you standardize on something or is it per project basis? Um, it depends what we are doing. So um, there's like, uh, First of all, like uh, uh, who are our customers? So there's like three kind of things we are doing. One is the like uh, the big thing is the uh, large corporates and and like uh, enterprise customers. And usually mm. they have these requirements that uh, what you are using is it has to be like Postgres or Oracle, and that's mm. it. And like uh, yeah. they dictate what they should look like. And and for example, this uh, one requirement I remember that whatever you use, you have to be you have to. Uh, uh, be able to say that it's available in 10 years. And it was like my last, yeah. like, okay, we are taking Datomic, oh, 10 years. Mm, maybe not. I have no idea what happens to Datomic in 10 years. So we cannot just like say that <laughs> we vote for yeah. that. Yeah, but but like uh, yeah. for those, uh, I would say that like uh, if you have, you're using a relational database, it's Postgres. Uh, then mm. there's rated like end to end. So front end and back end and the uh, controllers and, and most likely re reframe on the front end. And then mm. like this big horde of like extra libraries, which are useful for Integrant for like uh, yeah. uh, the component stuff. Uh, I think uh, we used Mount in few projects, yeah. but I think the Integrant seems to be the cleanest like of the three component and Mount and Integrant. So, but mm. th that's the like, um, when you are like uh, given a choice of relational database, that's the stack basically. And, ah, oh, yeah. oh, the, mm, on top of that, we have these a uh, few other libraries. Uh, one is for like this WebSocket communications. It name will change because it's now Aines, and the other was. Is is it a Finnish word for Aines, or what is it actually? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, it was like it was it was funny before Jarpe went to this closure Finland and said, "Yeah, then you stuck your data into the Aines <laughs> in the Aines." <laughs> We realized that, okay, the name has to change. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so name. I think upgrade your like anus. A, upgrade your anus. Yeah, but it's like uh, uh, we have been building this. Uh, this is new level of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I think I think we're not we're not even not even R rated. We're probably I don't know yeah. S T U V W rated. Just go bring it in the Patreon money, guys. Keep it going. Anarchy up your anus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but this, what, um, what does the library uh, do actually? One, in, uh, um, one thing that uh, it seems to be that in many projects we have been needing some kind of like uh, state machine. And uh, me right. and Jarpe, we have been doing like uh, the same thing in all the projects all over again. And now there's this uh, tilakone. It's a Finnish word for state machine. <laughs> Jarpe put it, 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 it's in GitHub. I have a like, different version of that in the project I'm doing, but like uh, it's the, like uh, basically web sockets and, and real time and like uh, state machines and like uh, uh, data driven like rule engine and stuff. And then uh, this uh, Postgres, for example, uh, but but then mm -hmm. uh, we're doing also like uh, lots of stuff for startups and for startups, for example, Datomic is in many cases that's the thing because uh, like uh, we, 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 if you have closure, that's a good fit 
and the like um, yeah. characteristics it gives are a good fit for like many places. You need like history and audit log and, and stuff like that. So that's another mm. like stack, but like uh, we cannot put it everywhere. And we, we don't want to do that for all the projects. Mm. And then the third thing we are doing is like, uh, we're now doing consultancy, but we are like, uh, we have been partnering with these small startups. And now we have like few of these uh, ongoing. So one is for like healthcare and one is for like uh, healthcare. So, <laughs> but like uh, we have invested like uh, uh, money into these companies and uh, being their technology provider and uh, they're like like product leads and, and like waiting for this one big investment decision for the mm -hmm. other one. So let's see what happens. So it might shift the focus from consulting to like building products. For product development. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So going back to your, uh, just going back to your, just, just, uh, <laughs> we're diving in all the questions here. <laughs> going back to your... Um, uh, state machine thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I get what a state machine is, but can, maybe can you just just spin out a little bit more information about the kind of things you're using the state machine for? Um, you know, I'm like, I'm guessing you're saying saying like there's a starting point and then there's some options you can go from here, this state to that state and that state to that state and that state to that state, the valid states and then some terminal state that you can go to. So what yeah. kind of thing are you using that state machine for? So, uh, for example, the project I'm now in, so uh, when we started, so we saw this small part of the application. So it's like uh, a big web app for like uh, uh, people who use it like uh, seven and a half hours a day. So they use the whole day. It's, it, it's like a, a platform of like these processes. It, it, there's like uh, assets going in and out and there's approvals and, and things. And when we started, right. we thought that, okay, this seems to be that this CQRS command query responsibility segregation kind of thing. So like uh, we just model the, like, like GraphQL. So we just model the queries and the commands differently. And that's it. But, but after doing for that for a while, we realized that actually these are processes. We cannot have these like... Uh, like uh, 100 different mutations over there. We have to, they somehow like belong to something bigger. And we- There is a life like, cycle of these things. Life cycle, exactly. So some someone starts something and then it has like these like long running steps. So like uh, you initialize a pro uh, process and then, then maybe fill some things and put it to mm -hmm. the next guy and, and yeah. then it spans out and, and then like returns and there's this, uh, it can end happily or, or and you can go back. Mm -hmm. And suddenly like, uh, when you like uh, start discussing with the business and you realize that we don't have an abstraction for this and and then you remember that we have been doing this kind of uh, fi finance state machines in many projects so let's do it again and some small like uh, data like uh, uh, abstraction and uh, print out gra like uh, graphics pictures mm. of that and, mm. and that's uh, suddenly you can discuss with the business so is this mm. the project you are looking at no 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 this person can return to this state if from here and if this guy right. does this and these are simultaneous and suddenly you have like this new kind of tool to discuss mm. what is the thing all about and suddenly then you realize that the whole project is about this so you have like mm. tens of uh, these uh, uh, like processes and you just model everything as a process and the, mm -hmm. then you have a state machine basically. But like human interactions, which have some kind of like flow mm. and tooling mm. for that. But the tools are small and they're like from project to project, they are like copied basically. And now probably we'll flush them out. We'll might, uh, like me and Jarpe will probably check what he did and what I did and can we somehow like merge them into this 
a new open nice. source tool. Yeah. Well, nice. it's pretty great, though. I mean, the, the amount of uh, code that you're putting out uh, into the community, it's amazing. Oh, so thanks. thanks a lot for that. Thanks. I mean, yeah. uh, I think I was, I was there at your talk as well. That's, why, that's how I remember schema and coercion. And this is from your talk uh, some time ago, uh, probably from Euroclosure Berlin or maybe one of those places. Anyway, so um, I think the, um, so you talked about write it. Uh, you talked about... Um, Tilakone? Sorry, Tila, what, Tilakone, what? yes, yes. Okay. Talked about your anus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the anus, yes. Oh, sorry, the anus. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the. <laughs> so, um, of course, I mean, uh, um, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 another interesting thing uh, you folks are doing in, in Finland is uh, you have this uh, conference closure tray. Oh, yeah. Um, so how did it come about? Uh, and this is a uh, fifth year or fourth year? Eighth. Uh, I think the eighth year. year. Eighth? Oh, wow. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Dutch closure day, I think. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm a bit biased a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. So uh, the first one was like, uh, just be, uh, as I said, we had this like first big closure project. And we were so excited and we had this first team result. So they are really, everybody is happy. So we have to say it aloud. And we had this mm -hmm. like ad hoc. So two weeks in advance. So let's have this conference. It was basically a meetup, but there was 25 people. It was sold out. There was some Aaron <laughs> like play, play, over there. And we were like really happy. So that this like yeah. uh, friendly guy and he has this really inspirational talk and, and music and uh, like uh, everybody and, and sauna, of course, that's the like thing we have, sauna, <laughs> we say in Finland. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, we realized that, okay, that this was called Closure Dre, so maybe we should have that next year too. And the next year we had like took one month or something in Vanua, so we, let's make this real conference. And there was like, it was also sold out, maybe 70 people. And they were like uh, mm. real like uh, invited speakers and like uh, maybe call for speakers even. But then yeah. uh, it was uh, 150 people, maybe 200, and now it's like 350 for the last two years mm. or something. Okay. Wow. And, and we moved. And yeah. single track. Yeah. So it was in, in Tampere for the last mm. first six years. Last year it was in Helsinki. And to yeah. this year it's also in Helsinki. And like uh, when we started out, it was just like uh, us buying uh, like pizza and beer for everybody. So it was fun to <laughs> spend a few thousand euros over there. But after yeah. that, like uh, having like catering for 300 plus people and and like uh, it costs. So like uh, we have had like these uh, bigger sponsors and it's been like really nice to see that all the like major players, the good reputational uh, like uh, consultancy companies, they are on board mm. because we are small. We are not competing with any of those. So like, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's like. Uh, having these like really good sponsors, which like uh, make this possible, and like we are all, all, of course the biggest sponsor, so it's not like it's not non-profit. It's like a loss of profit. So <laughs> whatever like needs to be paid, so we do that. But it so it been, is, yeah. But it is non-profit, as in you you don't make any profit at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. We are not. not it's yeah, like we no are, profit. We are probably the biggest sponsor in all, all the years. Is and, and like. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, and we don't, we don't, yeah. we don't like calculate the hours we have been spending. But it's, it's mm. something that yeah. we are an open source company, and co like uh, the community is really important for us. So, mm. like, uh, and as I said, like if no one knows about closure, we don't have any work in closure. If everybody knows a closure and they said that it was the best conference ever, so they will come again and they will talk to their boss and like uh, lots of like uh, 
people have joined Metasin because of the conference. They like see that, okay, you are doing good stuff. I want to join you. Mm-hmm. And many customers have said that, okay, I appreciate what you are doing and you seem to be knowing what you are doing. So like work for us, make some, make a project yeah. for us. So it, it's like, uh, it's good. And, and uh, this year uh, it's uh, in the same spot as usual on end of uh, September. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Are you and coming? CFP is open, right? Or do, we, do uh, the deaf do the deaf guys get an invite? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So the uh, C- CFP is open. I think it opened like uh, two days ago or something. Okay. It's uh, yeah, open yeah. until end of uh, May. Yeah. And like yeah. uh, and for the last two years there have been ticket prices. Before that it was totally free. But now that because mm. it's it's so big that we, we, like. Uh, we have to get the money somewhere. So uh, yeah, yeah. This year it's was more sustainable. Yeah, yeah, 75 euros for one day and 100 euros for two days. And the diversity and student tickets are always free. So yeah, if it's yeah. there's this chart that I I am I can't pay and like uh, you have to say why and then you yeah. have a free ticket. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, nice. it's a pretty yeah, decent nice. price. I think the biggest cost for most people who are not in Finland is getting there. But yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna try and be there this year. Yeah, I, I, try, so. I couldn't make it this year, uh, last year, but I'd like to make it this year. And, cool. Uh, yeah, I think I so. Think I think I'll, I'll, well I'll try and do it. Yeah, yeah mm. uh, I'll try to uh, yeah. be there as well. But it's 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 really amazing. Like in you know, eight years, you've been running this, and and you also have a small FP conference uh, the day before, right? Or yeah, it, uh, it's like uh, yeah. Uh, I'm this year not part of the community, so uh, mm-hmm. they don't have the two names at them. Yeah, last year it was like uh, F, small FP in the first day and the closure trade yeah. in the second day, and now it's just closure trade two days. But the first day is functional, and and the yeah, another yeah. day is closure. So there's like at least uh, one of the Elixir core developers, core committers is, is speaking in the like small FP, like uh, nice. and then there's uh, Alex Miller in the like closure trade. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And they might, nice. yeah, there, there might be some some announcements still for the speakers, but the call of course speakers is open now and for next two months. So, yeah, yeah. so we, we we could so, do something. So, yeah, you could make a <laughs> different talk. We about. could make a podcast uh, on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's gonna be a disaster. Um, Come on, a different panel. We haven't had that before. A panel show, you know. Ah. Yeah, that's true. I think we can do that. Yeah. Mm. Maybe uh, live from Helsinki. Yeah, that could be quite good mm. fun. So, yeah. so this is our finish line, essentially, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> ouch! 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 We reach. We weren't we going to do the those puns on air. <laughs> <laughs> but um, coming back to the conferences thing, and um, of course, as you know, uh, I'm part of uh, the team that is organizing Dutch Closure Days. Yeah. And thanks a lot for for uh, for your support. Actually, uh, I think it's been you're welcome. Third year or something, you've been uh, sponsoring us. Um, I can totally understand, you know, like it's a very difficult to pull off a free conference mm. <laughs> without sponsors and, you know, everything. And for us, it's also uh, fairly challenging. And this year, actually, we have, a, I think, a nice uh, Finnish delegation coming to yeah, uh, Closure Day, actually. exactly. I heard about. So uh, three of our guys yeah. are coming at least, and there's uh, people from Sealy at least. Yeah. yeah. And and there are two uh, talks, one lightning talk and one full talk by uh, two Finnish yeah. uh, people that's amazing uh, i think and congratulations yeah, on your conference it's like uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna be fun uh, mm. we hope yeah again this year so um any other uh, topics to touch upon um, i think we are um yeah pretty good on time yeah i don't know ray um 
I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I think obviously it's great stuff that these guys are doing, and that they they give the conference and they make the libraries and they do the consulting. You know, um, I'm pretty sure that we could dive into a bit more deep depth into any one of those libraries again, but we're like over an hour now, so <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe get get Tommy uh, back, or we you know we talk a bit, do a bit more kind of interviewing stuff if we get up to closure tray um, in mm. uh, in the autumn. You know, I think that would be really good. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we will see. And then, Tommy, you're you're going to Closure North, right? Yeah, I'm going there to talk about yeah, Reddit yeah, yeah. actually. And like, ah, uh, cool. yeah, yeah. So I'm going there. So nice. uh, I wanted yeah. to come to Clo uh, Closure Days too, but like, uh, there's yeah. my kids' uh, swimming contest in the same day. First, uh, like in yeah. international, yeah, so like, like yeah. no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a but yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Like there, are, there are so many conferences this year. It's yeah. Just Oh, it's amazing. Crazy. So, yeah. So there's Closure D, Closure Days. Uh, then there's Heart of Closure. Heart of Closure. And there's Closure, closure Tray. Tray. And there's uh, Closure Inclosure. X. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Closure X. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was nice to share the uh, share the stage with uh, with Mikko. Mika. Mika. Uh, yeah, in closure D, um, closure D, you mean? Yeah, in Closure D, of yeah, course. You know, Mika, so now yeah, we're trying yeah. to... Yeah. So we are we are trying to, uh, of course, you know, try to enforce each other, help each other in terms exactly. of uh, running these conferences. So yeah, it, it is really nice to see the openness from you guys and, and from Closure D and Heart of Closure, Arna and everybody. Yeah. So uh, as you said, I mean, the, the, it's it's we we are working in Closure, and without the community, there won't be work, mm. and without the work, there won't be community. So it's mm. like a, yeah. You know, uh, and and the the stuff that you're doing is really awesome. You know, the conferences and. Uh, course you, you have commercial interest with your company but you're you're doing it for because mm. you like the language mm. uh, and also sponsoring and releasing the open source stuff so thanks a lot um i think that's pretty much it uh just give a today. little kind of give a little shout yeah. out to a few of the uh patreons yeah because um, we've got we got a, a few more you know keep <laughs> keep on like coming in it's it's very nice actually um so thanks very much to now I'm not sure if I if I've said this guy before or not, so I think we'll just take a risk that uh, that I haven't, and if if it's a double, who cares? Uh, it's a guy called uh, well, I don't know what his or her name is actually, but it's G N E Yong. Um, now I don't know if it's uh, if it's a, a real G name or uh, anyway, that's that's the name they're giving. Um, so thank you, G uh, N. Um, and then there's uh, Lukash Kareki. Uh, thank you very much, Lukash. And uh, then the next one is uh, Jaihinda Reddy. Oh, Jaihind Reddy. Maybe you know Jaihind Reddy. Huh? Yeah, Jaihind Reddy. Jaihind Reddy. Okay. Okay. Better. <laughs> You're guaranteed <laughs> meant to butcher that India. one. Yeah, okay. That's good. <laughs> Why am I reading these things? <laughs> So, and, uh, so they can complain loudly. Yeah, I know. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is the finally the, for this one is uh, the guy who was on a show a few a few about a month ago. Uh, more Abulke. Uh, he's yeah. uh, throwing in a bit of cash, uh, which is really kind of him. So uh, yeah. that's really nice. So thank you very much to all the Patreons, uh, all the people that we've talked about in the past. It helps us to cover our costs and uh, and do good stuff. So thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'll hand the mic back over to you, Vijay, to final wrap it up. Thank you. Know. Bring it home. Yes. So uh, wrapping up, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Tommy. And uh, as you heard, 
um not not Tommy but the people who are listening to the podcast the CFP is still open for closure tray um is there going to be sauna again yeah definitely uh, Tommy? there will be sauna okay so <laughs> so there is going to be a uh, nice it's going nice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to be hot um in beautiful helsinki uh in september so check the website out closuretrade.org yeah um and um dutch closure day is upon us in a few weeks mm. i think uh april 6th uh we have the schedule published uh, everything is uh, up and running and um i think uh, i'll see you some of you there and ray will be there as well ray and uh, wouter the defen gang so we'd love to have uh, you know uh, have a chat and uh, listen to your complaints in person <laughs> and uh, and thanks a lot for the patrons and tommy thanks again for taking time on on sunday evening for yeah, us thanks for having me absolute yep. pleasure cheers tommy cheers thank you bye 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 Fuck, what does it say off air? I can't make it on air again. Oh. Uh, let me see. Refresh. Oh fuck, it did fuck fucking fuck. Oh. Hmm. I think that's uh, 47 episodes of fucks in one that first 5 minutes.